0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind
1: Pump, the world's top fitness, health, and entertainment podcast, we talk about the differences between men and women in terms of training and diet. Should women train and eat differently? To get to their goals, so we highlight some of the general differences, everything from hormones to the essential fat that you need on your body, uh, how they should train, maybe the signs of overtraining. Um, we we cover all of that, so we think you're going to enjoy this episode. Now, this podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Viori. Now, Viori makes some of the best high quality athleisure wear you can find anywhere. It's extremely comfortable. You can wear it in the gym or you can wear it out uh, to the restaurants, to coffee, to wherever you want. Looks really, really good. Very, very comfortable. Has a lifetime guarantee. It's a great company we love working with. We have a discount for you because you listen to Mind Pump. In fact, we'll get you a full 25% off. Here's how you get that discount. Go to VioriClothing.com. That's V-U-O-R-I Clothing.com forward slash Mind Pump. There'll be a code listed on the page for that discount. Also, all month long, one of our most popular programs, MAPS Strong, is 50% off. This is a phenomenal resistance training program. It builds great strength in the body, special emphasis on the posterior chain, your glutes, your hamstrings, your upper back, your mid-back, and your lower back. But it does work the whole body. When you enroll in MAPS Strong – You have access to all the workout videos, the workout blueprints, basically everything you need to follow this full entire program. It's a three-month routine. It gets people phenomenal results. Again, it's half off. Here's how you get the discount. Go to mapsstrong.com, that's M-A-P-S-S-T-R-O-N-G.com, and use the code STRONG50, that's S-T-R-O-N-G five zero, no space for the discount.
2: By the way, congratulations, uh, uh, there, gents. Um, you have uh, officially been on the first page of the macronutrient calculator already. It's only been live. You mean for- on
1: Google first page? Yeah, that's oh, yeah. uh,
2: <laughs> that's a pretty big deal, man. I was. Uh, I-, I think we've only been up there for maybe two. We've been live for two weeks, and for it to already be ranked uh on the first page of Google is pretty awesome. It's got a lot of good content. Yeah, no, I was I was actually going through all, I mean, I know that you kind of you oversaw most of that as far as the content uh you and Katrina Sal, and, and I haven't had a chance to actually go through like all the different blogs and I mean there's there's what, probably fifty plus blogs mm-hmm. attached you know, to it. It's loaded with content.
1: Well there's yeah. several there's several calculators attached to that, Ryan, right? There's a there's one that recommends uh how many calories you should eat and macros, then there's ones that help figure out how many calories you're burning, what your basal metabolic rate is, and then there's one that figures out what your calories burned are when you when you calculate in activity. Of course, these are all um, estimations based off of some pretty good, sophisticated formulas. Um, and then there's one that shows, uh, based off of hundreds of, uh, of, of, of natural bodybuilders from the past, what your potential muscle-building potential is, if you're a man and you stay natural and you train perfectly and eat perfectly. And there's lots of content attached to all that. And so.
2: Yeah, I was looking at, uh, you know, Jeremiah, one of, one of the writers uh, uh, in our uh, content, he he wrote a blog that is, you know, performed really well. And I thought it would be a really good discussion for us to kind of elaborate on it. And the the article was, you know, is it harder for women to, uh, to obtain abs than men?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's one of the more popular ones that's read on that pillar page. And I thought, oh, it's been a while since we've discussed. Uh, the differences with training and dieting and exercise for for men and women, and uh, I think that would be a really good topic. Yeah, you
3: see a lot of marketing really like pull people in that direction of like. Y- and I think it too. It's 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 a pain point because sometimes you know, like I've I've trained a lot of um, you know women that uh, claim that their husband gets results like really fast. And what what's my issue? Why am I not getting you know the kind of results that he's getting at the same time?
1: Yeah, I, I, this is an this is a good topic because well, first off, it gets me a little riled up. Um, by the way, before we continue, um, if you wanted to read some of those articles and content. The site is maps, macro.com. So MAPS and then macro.com. Um, I like this one because for me, it's a clear example of how the fitness industry takes things and twists them to, uh, to convince people to buy gym memberships or to buy supplements or products. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when, when gyms first opened, a long time ago, when people first started working out or especially when people first started using resistance to train their body, like weights and body weight and stuff, it was primarily men um, that did this. It was very, very, very rare to see a woman follow any kind of physical culture type training. Uh, Women were not involved in lots of sport, you know, way back in the day. Um, It was considered masculine and manly. And so women were kind of, you know... They were discouraged from, from doing anything like that. And then um, on top of it, as it became popular, as resistance training got popular, I mean, it really didn't start to hit mainstream until the 1970s and 80s when, in, in particular, a documentary came out uh, called Pumping Iron, which uh, uh, is a, a documentary I watched many, many times. Up until that point, building muscles and, 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 and doing resistance training was like a sideshow. You know, nobody did that mainstream. Nobody lifted weights, nobody worked out that way, really, except for the the sideshow freaks or whatever. Um, and that documentary came out. You had the charismatic Arnold Schwarzenegger on that, and people started becoming more, more aware of resistance training. But the the side effect of that was the people that you saw doing it were bodybuilders, were these huge muscular bodybuilders, and that didn't really appeal to women uh, understandably so don't you think a lot of
2: that has to do with just the lack of research that we had around it Mm -hmm. i mean back then there wasn't a lot of study i mean we see so many studies now on the the benefits of resistance training that did that didn't really exist in the 70s and the 80s really even you know that didn't start getting popular i feel like until even like the 90s where Mm we started
1: seeing no so all we had to judge it on was uh oh you know arnold schwarzenegger and you know Franco Columbo and you know uh, Lou Ferrino, all these guys from from Pumping Iron. That's what happens when you lift yeah, weights. That's the
3: result of lifting weights. Is you're going to look like that,
1: right? Right. And so gyms grew in popularity, but they still had a big problem with attracting women. Um, in the '80s, you had workout videos that were targeted towards women, um, and they the way that they targeted women is literally by saying you're not going to build bulky. Uh, muscles. That's yeah. part of their. That was part of their advertising. Don't worry, you're not going to look like these bodybuilders. Gyms started c- catching on, and they started thinking, you know, because here's the here's the other thing too: is consumers, women actually are the the, the number one consumers um, in our market. Women buy more things and, and shop for more things and make those decisions more often than men do. And so gyms, in order to become successful, realized, well, we need to attract women to our doors. One of the ways they did that was with you know aerobic classes and step classes, which were kind of like dance-based workouts. How do we get them, though, to come into our gyms and lift weights? So what they did is they took the, uh, the machines. And colored them purple. Yeah, they put purple or
3: pink. <laughs> yeah. This is true. Yeah. My, so patronizing.
1: My first job as a personal trainer back in 1997 was at the 24-Hour Fitness on Hillsdale. This is before they remodeled it and, and moved it. And in that gym, which had been around for a little while – you had a women's only area in there, okay? So you had your main workout area, and then there was a women's only workout. And when you walk in there, the women's only area, it was the same machines you saw out in the general area. The difference was the upholstery on them was pink or purple. Mm -hmm. So it's like, this is for women. Why? Because it's colored pink or... It's the same equipment. It was literally the same stuff. It was just colored pink or purple. The fitness industry also started to come up with terminology that would attract women. So... You know, for men, you could definitely attract them to resistance training by saying build muscle. But for women, if you said build muscle, then you would you would elicit these images of, of big bodybuilders. So, yeah. like, we can't say build muscle. We got to say something else. So, they created the term toned. No. Tone
2: and firm, elongate. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: Those are all invented uh, words. Um, toned. Uh, literally, you know, obviously we, we know what they're trying to say. It means your muscles feel harder, but that's what happens when your muscles build initially. They just feel harder. Muscles, by the way, don't tone. They don't elongate. They don't do all that stuff. What they, they do, what they do is they build or they shrink. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And when they build to a smaller degree, they feel harder. And that, and when they, when you lose muscle, they tend to feel softer. So that's basically, it. so you're building, if you lift weights, you're building muscle.
3: Yeah. Uh, all I time. saw back in the day was like a lot of those, um, like Jane Fonda and kind of like jazzercise type programs that were in-house, like rarely did they use weights. It was mainly calisthenics and, uh, you know, moving around with, with with really like lightweight, if any, and, and doing multiple reps. So multiple reps was the way to to get to that tone uh, look as as they would, would market it. Yes, because what you would see back then
1: is uh, the big bodybuilder, muscular people that I don't want to look like, right? I'm a woman. I don't want to look like that guy, but how do they work out? oh, they're pushing and straining and lifting really, really heavy weight. So they the market would come out and say, don't worry, you're doing 50 reps and you're not doing any weight. Therefore, you're not going to build big muscles. You're just going to tone your body. Um, don't worry, you're not going to do those scary barbell squat exercises and deadlifts. Uh, those build big bulky muscles. We're going to do lay, you know, donkey kickbacks and we're going to do – You know, uh, exercises on one leg, or we're going to do these movements on the floor where you lift your leg up because those don't build big, bulky muscles. The truth is, and we've said this on the podcast now for five years, uh, toning is just building, and the fastest way to tone your body is the same thing as the fastest way to build your body. So reality, lift heavy, do squats, do deadlifts, you'll get to your goals much more effectively and faster. But those are the lies that were perpetrated by uh, the, the industry marketing, which is why this topic of you know, should women train differently than men? Uh, initially, gets me a little riled up. I think it's important
2: too to to point out the self selection bias too, because there's there's definitely people right now that are listening that are like, yeah, but well, what about Jane Fonda? What about this my girlfriend who's got a, this long, beautiful body and she, all she does is Pilates and yoga, or all she does is these toning type exercises? It's very similar to what we see on the other side with men with these massive bodybuilder guys, there's there's a self-selection bias of people that tend to gravitate towards these types of modalities. And genetically, Mm -hmm. they're already made up this way, right? Right, So Jane Fonda has this great, not that she didn't work hard for her body. I'm not taking the credit away from how how amazing she is. She still looks amazing at 80-something years old. But her body type, a lot of that is genetics. We talk about that all the time, just like a, a Arnold Schwarzenegger. No matter how hard I train, no matter how much steroids I take, I don't have the genetic potential that Arnold Schwarzenegger has, so I'll never look like that. And so you have to understand that there's that on the other end of the spectrum, too. There's body types that tend to gravitate towards a certain way of training and you can't compare your body to what you see them and make use that as a well, like proof.
1: Well, just to support what you're saying, right? It, it's like the belief that if you swim a lot, you're gonna get a broad shoulders, you're gonna get a flat rib cage, and you're gonna look like a swimmer. Well, the reason why we think that is because the top level swimmers look like that because they were born to swim well. When you get to that level of swimming, of competition, you're not only trained hard, and not only do you swim a lot, but you are also born with long arms, short legs, flat rib cage, wide shoulders, right? So, so that's kind of to support uh, a lot of what you're saying. Now, someone like Jane Fonda or these people who did a lot of these videos, they also lifted weights. A lot of people don't realize that. They also lifted a lot of yeah, right. heavy weights. They didn't market that, but they marketed their videos, but they did lift a lot of weights. And also, they're still exercising. They're still eating right, and they're still doing it very, very consistently. Um, so they're still going to look uh, a lot better than if they didn't do that kind of stuff. But the truth is, and we know this now, I don't have to make this, and I love it because I don't have to make this case like I used to. I think people are more aware of this. Oh,
2: this was a major hurdle 20, 20 years ago. Huge. Yeah, if we, when you first got a client, especially a female client, I would say I spent the first three to six months of my career. Con- educating them trying yeah. Like, yeah, trying to, trying to overcome- all of this because for how long it's been marketed yeah. to him. The tra- oh,
3: they used to say, like, please don't train me like a linebacker. Yeah. You know, like that was the big thing. Like I came from a football background and all this stuff. And it's like that was a big fear. So I don't want to get bulky. I don't want to gain those types of muscles, uh, you know, that where I look a little bit more boxy and, and manly. And I'm like, <laughs> that's just – that's not going to happen. Like we, I had to educate them. No, no. I mean the truth is if you want to get
1: a toned, sculpted physique as a woman – Uh, The fastest way to get there is the the same way that you would build the fastest amount of muscle because that's what gives you that look. Here's the other end of it. I used to tell my clients this all the time. Look, here's the worst case scenario, which is actually not a bad case. Worst case scenario, you are a hyper responder to lift to weight training, which is like we're talking about 0.1% of the population. But yep. let's just say that's you. Lucky you. Okay? <laughs> you're still not going to wake up tomorrow after we did our workout, come into the gym and freak out because all of a sudden you look like a man or whatever. It's not going to happen. Worst case scenario, we get you to where your goal is very quickly because you're a hyper responder. Then you come in and say, hey, I don't want to build any more muscle. What a wonderful problem to have. Yeah. Now we can scale back. We can kind of go easier and just maintain. So no matter which way you slice it, um, you know the ways that that women have been marketed to train differently and and do all that stuff than men. Totally, totally false. Now that being said, of course there are some general differences between men and women, and there are probably a few things that we want to consider, maybe um, in terms of you know training, you know, and diet and, and whatnot. Now the first big one, of course, is hormones. Hmm. The hormones are are very different in men and women. Uh, Mainly, men have a much, much, much higher level of testosterone. and Of course, women have higher levels of uh, estrogen and progesterone. Now, what does that mean in terms of training and uh, diet? Well, uh, testosterone fuels muscle growth. Now, there's a lot of things in men that drive more muscle growth than, than uh, for, for men than for women. One of them, though, is the big one is testosterone. Um, and if a woman took testosterone, she would also notice more muscle growth. So what does this mean? Well, it means that if you're a woman, you can expect to build strength and muscle at a slower uh, pace than the average man and that your ultimate potential for muscle and strength is lower than that of a man. Really, that's a big, big thing that you need to understand and consider. But I think most women kind of understand. I don't think, you know, I think most women don't, don't, it's not, that's not uh, something that they're not uh, unaware of. Would
2: you think that, do you think that there is a, an ex, the, the the few exceptions to the rule where there's a, a, a female that has extremely high potential and a male that has extremely low potential. And so there are women that could potentially yes. outbuild or get stronger totally. than some men. Oh yeah. Mm. Look
1: at the top uh, level power, female power lifters. And then grab like a your average, you know, super inactive, you know, whatever. You Computer nerd. Yeah, whatever. Your stereotypical, yeah. right? Computer nerd. Yeah. yeah, she's going to be way stronger. So there's, of course, there's exceptions. So we're talking kind of generally speaking. Um, here's another one. Uh, estrogen, progesterone, the female hormones, they tend to make a woman more, uh, have a higher propensity for water retention, This is something that you do want to consider because if you have a, and I used to have to talk to clients about this all the time. If you have a woman that eats, uh, that had a day where she had a lot of sodium, a lot of carbohydrates, and then she would freak out because she'd get on the scale and, oh my god, you know, you know, 120 pound woman all of a sudden gain five pounds in a day, which would be, you know, I I understand why that would be scary. And then we would talk about, you know, water retention. Water, uh, women just have a higher uh you know propensity for that kind of water fluctuations or retention. Men tend a man's weight doesn't tend to fluctuate uh, because of water retention whereas a woman as much I should say well
2: yes uh, let me percentage wise right because technically my my water weight would fluctuate a higher amount of pounds compared to Katrina's but you're 200 something exactly guy. so percentage wise I agree with you but the, you can't compare that head to head because someone's probably listening going wait a yeah. second that's not right my husband fluctuates this much I fluctuate that much mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: so there's that um, and then of course women have uh, hormones that that uh, distinctly fluctuate throughout the month. A man's hormones are relatively uh, stable. Now, of course, they fluctuate also based off of lifestyle. So a guy can get his testosterone to go up and down if he lacks sleep or he's stressed or he's not eating right. But naturally speaking, if a man's diet and activity and lifestyle were the same all month, he should see very minimal fluctuations in comparison to what a woman will see, especially you know because women have a period, and you see progesterone and estrogen uh, excuse me, flipping with each other, which can ch- cause changes in uh, how you feel, um, how you sleep. Uh, maybe cravings uh, is another big one. Um, now, um, ways that I would coach my female clients through this, um, and this was not all of them, but some of them would tell me things like, hey, at certain times of the month, I find it way more difficult um, and they tied, by the way, they tied this to their period because sometimes people say this and then you actually, you, you boil it down. You realize, oh, you're just stressed that work that day or whatever. But so these are women that were tracking my, my, my clients that were tracking and we could see distinctly, I am more hungry, way more hungry at this time of the month than I am at this time of the month. Like, what do I do with that? So that's different than when I would train a man, one piece of advice I would give them, is I'd say, okay, eat more. But make those good food choices. So make sure the food choices are good, but go ahead and feed your body more uh, when you are hungry during those Well, practices.
2: the most important point to make right here, though that you're making is that you're not adjusting their, their exercises here. You're, it's just the conversation is different. Yes. And I think that's going to be the common theme as we go through all this is 100% there is a difference with a man and a woman. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of differences between us. But... How you train the body isn't that different, but the conversation as a coach or as a trainer, I would have to have is different because their bodies would respond to things differently. And so therefore getting them to understand why you're holding on water or why you feel this way is different than maybe a male. But as far as the programming that I'm doing for a female that wants to lose body fat and, you know, quote unquote leaner tone, is very very similar to the man who says to me I want to build some muscle and get shredded.
3: Right, right, right. Yeah, those same training applications have benefits for for both sexes. It's it, you know even though there are those differences, it's still going to benefit uh you know the, that same training process will benefit both parties equally.
1: Yep, totally. So uh back to you know when appetite would change, here's something that I also noticed with these these clients was yes, they got hungrier at certain times of the month on a regular basis, but that also would balance out with other times of the month when their appetite would actually drop. So not only would they get hungrier, but then they'd have other times when their appetite would go down. And so I'd tell them is, if your appetite's down, um, go ahead and eat a little bit less. And if your appetite's up, go ahead and eat a little more. Just make good food choices. That strategy was very effective because here's what happens sometimes when your appetite goes up because hormone changes and you still restrict – it tends to turn into uh, a rebound and the opposite. You start to binge when you finally do give in. So this was a strategy that I found with some women that, that, that worked uh, really, really well. Another big difference, um, and this, one's, this is a big one. This is one that I had to talk a lot to female clients about was uh, essential fat. Mm. Essential fat represents the amount of fat on your body that your body needs to have in order to function um, in a healthy uh, place. For a woman, this is much higher than it is for a man. A man can technically be healthy uh, at you know 7% body fat, 8% body fat all the time. Now, I'm not saying it would be easy. They probably still have to watch what they eat and train really well. But they can maintain that. Um, some men can maintain this, and, and they're okay. I believe essential fat for a man is like under 4% or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, a woman at 8% body fat, not good. She's going to have – she's probably going to lose her period. Um, She's going to have some serious health, uh, uh, negative health effects. So in terms of getting lean and being shredded and staying that way, that way, Women need to have more body fat on their bodies than men do. Now, the, the theory on
2: that evolutionary is that it's because of having a baby, right? Of course. Is that, is that the reason the body yeah. is is preparing, needs to know, okay, if we're going to have a child, we need to always have extra amount of energy left on the body in order to support potentially having a child, right?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, here's the other part Which of this. This is why so, they
2: also lose their period if they go below
1: that. Yes, yes. So so here we go. So I got the, this is according to the uh, American Council on Exercise, for women, essential fat. Remember, this is this means like the minimum you need to kind of you know have normal health or whatever is for women at least ten to thirteen percent. By the way, that's shredded for a woman. If you're thirteen percent body fat for a woman, you've got really good definition. I know women where thirteen percent is too lean. Also, I know I've, I've known women where they get down to that percent. Most of get, my
2: female trainers that worked with me that were in great shape. Average between fifteen to nineteen percent. Yes, yes, that's what tra- I, exactly. Personal trainers, great shape. Mm-hmm. Some of them competitors, even they kind of walked around with a fifteen to nineteen percent body fat percentage and looked phenomenal.
1: That's here. where most people, most women listening right now, would be very happy with a body fat percentage. Uh, and 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 i this is a this is a fitness audience too. So most of you listening who are into fitness, you'd be happy in the high teens. Maybe even low twenties body fat percentage with good muscle underneath. The way that'll look is uh, you'll have good curve, you'll have good firmness, um, you'll have decent definition. Um, you'll you know you'll look really good uh, based off of, and I'm basing this off of what most women's goals are that I've trained. Most mm. of you be, would be happy with that. But essential is like ten to thirteen percent for a woman. For a man, it's
3: two to five yeah. percent. So it's like half. Well, so they got to worry when they get uh, below that uh, hormonally because there'll be a lot of changes. Like I had a client too that was, you know, was, was a bit under that, uh, let's say like 9% or so and started to notice a bit of hair loss mm-hmm. and some other like uh, st- stress uh, signals in her body that was going on.
1: Yes. And, and now why is this important to know? Well, besides the fact that you don't want to get leaner than what I just said, is that pushing to get lean um, can cause problems for you if you're a woman. If you're already at 16% body fat and you're like obsessed with going lower and lower and lower, I mean, you're you're six you're, you're, you're a few percent above what's considered essential body fat. That would be like a guy at 7% body fat, keep pushing, keep pushing to get leaner. Probably, I mean, if you do it for a week, okay, but if you do that consistently, um, not a good idea. And again, you'll just notice your health, Uh, will start to decline. In women, this looks like bad skin, hair loss, um, Mm -hmm. and and hormone fluctuation. If you lose your period, um, then that's a big sign right there. Because remember, that means your body is saying not safe enough for us to to procreate. This would be like a man um, not being able to uh, get an erection or or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Your body's basically telling you we're not healthy enough uh, to procreate. I
2: find it interesting that that's even a desire, right? Like how that has changed over, you know... uh Hundreds of years. Like when you look back at paintings of women, that was you know done over a hundred years ago, they were like this very voluptuous looking. I mean, that was attractive and sexy. Mm-hmm. And how much that has changed when you look at covers of magazines yeah. and what we look at runway models. Like that, but men haven't changed that much. If mm-hmm. you look at old statues of, you know, people that were gladiators and things like that. They look very similar to the build that most men aspire to today, but it's crazy how much that's changed for women. For women, it mm-hmm. was this fuller looking body that was desired and painted and looked at as and admired, and now it's turned into this very skinny, lean, lean look which is un- unhealthy for most women. It is.
1: You know, what's interesting is that um there's some truth in our our standards of what we consider to be to look good some truth because it's based off of uh it's evolutionary right we we consider something attractive because it means good fertility and good health now of course we've we've distorted that by pushing it too far but when scientists boil it down and break it down really what they find is that it's the hip to waist ratio um, that is considered what we'll consider attractive so you have someone like marilyn monroe who's much bigger than what might be considered attractive today Mm -hmm. but the average man if looking at Marilyn Monroe would say, no, that's still attractive. And when you compare the two, what you find is the hip to waist ratio is really what it boils down to. But I've never trained a female client ever that wasn't really happy in the high teens, low 20s body fat percentage. That's lean, but it looks really good. Every female client I've ever trained, I've trained some pretty hardcore ones. All of them were really happy in that body fat percentage range. Getting low into the mid teens and low teens... That's when it starts to not look healthy. It's like a guy at three or four percent body fat. You know, maybe he looks okay on stage, but if you ever see a man at four percent body fat and you meet him and look in his face, they look gaunt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. they don't look very healthy. I've gotten down pretty lean, and, and that's I remember looking in the mirror being like, "Oh man, I don't like the way I just his face looks look. hungry constantly. Yes, yes yeah. like you're starving, yeah. like you're starving." Now there are some g- general differences that they found in studies in terms of exercise uh, tolerance. Um, men seem to, generally speaking, seem to have a higher tolerance for high intensity exercise. And what I mean by high intensity is shorter bout, but higher intensity type of a workout. So that would be taking like a set of squats to total failure or doing like a, an hour super ridiculous intense, you know, workout balls to the wall or whatever you want to say, you know, how you, you know, beast mode type of a workout. Women, believe it or not, in studies they show that there's a uh, maybe a higher tolerance for volume and frequency. So some studies show that women may actually do recover better from longer or more frequent workouts that have a, a you know a, a bit of a lower intensity. Um, as far as sports are concerned, um, the the when once we start to get into the higher endurance type sports women catch up to men and in some cases I know that the, I think that the top distance swim in water I believe is held by a woman, yeah, and I, the
2: margin between men and women, I think, for like running, is like really, really close for distance. Yeah, yeah, for yeah distance.
1: it starts to starts to shrink. Right? right, sprinting, it's big. Yeah, but then it starts to break. You know, yeah, endurance
3: get- sports, that's where you can see like both sexes are pretty close in terms mm. of yeah, like who who comes out on top.
1: Yeah. So now, what does this mean for you as you train? Uh Well, I guess it would mean if you're a woman, be a little bit careful with super high intensity workouts. More so than than maybe a man would, and if you're really advanced, rather than pushing even harder with your workouts, maybe add a little more frequency. Since studies show, generally speaking, uh, you know, women might do a little bit uh, better of that. Um, the next thing would be, I guess, the signs of overtraining. Right, mm-hmm. the signs of overtraining. Are very similar in men and women, but there are a couple differences. What were some that you know you noticed? We said hair loss. I, well, that was a real common one. Well,
2: not only just like what we see, but it's all. I think. Uh, I think women are more susceptible to it, and the reason why I think that is is because they they typically eat lower amount of calories. as yeah. it is. I remember reading a study way back when that you know the average the average female today. Gains weight on like 1600 calories, Mm -hmm. which it's almost impossible for you to even get all the macro and micronutrients your body needs in just 15 or 1600 calories. So you're already kind of at a nutrient deficiency coming into a training program or wanting to lose weight or change your body composition. And then on top of that, because you're so low, and then you start to push the body, I think that they are more susceptible to some of these things that we see, like hair hair issues, yeah. headaches, lack of lack of sleep. Things like that that would come up. It's Not a more great com- combo, right? Yeah, having
3: the two, and it's very common uh, within clients that I've had coming in and through was addressing the fact that I would probably they're, they're probably not eating enough calories, uh, you know, while they're training. And this this is something that just I noticed, like uh, you know, even within my 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 wife and everybody else, I was like trying to help out. Uh, it, it's just a common thing that you know, if I eat more, I feel like I'm I'm holding on more weight. I feel like I'm going to get fat. And so, this is always in the back of the mind. Is like, I got to keep my calories down in order to then get to the fat loss where, mm. you know, building themselves up with muscle would really have more, you know, benefit to them, but that's a really hard sell initially.
1: Yeah. um, in, in when men overtrain, you know, testosterone levels plummet, um, and you can reverse that uh, relatively quickly in comparison to women. When women would overtrain, and I'd see their hormones would be off. We, you know, I, I had doctors I worked with that would test hormones and do all that stuff. It took a little longer to bring that back into balance, and I think it's just more complex. Whereas it's the guys, oh, let's get the testosterone up with a woman's. It's the it also changes through the month, so I feel like it took longer, maybe because of that. I'm not a hormone specialist, but generally speaking, with my clients, it took a little longer to balance out those hormonal effects. Of overtraining that it did. Uh, I wonder with if it's man. that,
2: or it's more like what I was saying, which is just because they're they're more often than not already low and already deficient a little bit on 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 nutrients. Probably part and of then it. You're pushing the body like that. Versus, yeah. very rarely ever did I have to really push my men to eat more. Mm. You know, pretty easy to tell my my male clients consume more. And then not have a problem with it.
1: Now, here's a weird one that I noticed much more with women uh, than men as a potential sign of overtraining was constipation. Hmm. Now, constipation is generally more common in women than men anyway. So uh, I don't remember what the numbers are, but women, a larger percentage of women, if they have digestive issues, will suffer from bloating and constipation uh, than men. Men can also suffer from those things, but it's at a much lower rate. I noticed with my female clients when we were, if they were overtraining, when they would come to hire me, and these are typically women who were already working out and they'd come to hire me because they couldn't figure out why their bodies weren't responding. And and usually I'd look and say, oh, it looks like you're overdoing everything. Constipation was a common uh, part of that. So that might be something you pay attention to. If you're training too hard and you're noticing like your gut is off and it looks like bloat and constipation, that, for women, te- seems to be more of a sign of overtraining than it is for, for well, men. Well,
2: I also found this, again, connected back to kind of the low-calorie thing. It, it seemed to be common that, uh, and I've talked about on the show before, like the common offenders. And fiber was one of the ones that was under-consumed a lot. Very mm-hmm. many, t- many, many times would I be training a client, assess their diet and see that they were, you know, getting 10 grams of fiber in their day. It's hard if you're only eating 1500 calories. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to get a good 35-40 grams of fiber every single day. And so I would have to, you know, prescribe a, you know, bowl of berries in their diet or a big thing of salad and spinach and to try and bump their fiber up and when I do that for a few days right away they'd get regular again, but Again, I, I don't know if that's more of the overtraining or the combination of training hard now, already eating low calorie because they're eating such low calorie, they're also having a hard time getting in the, the fiber mm-hmm. intake. Mm-hmm.
1: Another one is skin, uh, you know, I I and maybe this is because you know I'm, I'm speaking again generally, women pay more attention to this than men, um, but when women were overtraining, I would also hear from them, my skin. Isn't the same. It feels less. Uh, it feels less plush. It's more. It's more dry. I'm noticing that it just does. It look more old. I would hear from them. Mm. I never really heard that from my male clients. Not sure if it's because women's skin reacts more to overtrain than men's do, mm-hmm. or because women tend to notice it more than men do. But this was just something that I would hear from women that I wouldn't necessarily hear from men now. Most of the signs of overtraining uh, are are the same. You know, um, you can't sleep good, joint pain, joint pain. You know, your 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 mood is depressed, dips in energy, dips yeah. in energy. You're sore and stiff. You know, more. You're not. Your your strength is declining. That is across the board. We're just trying to f- you know pick the ones that we heard more from female clients mm-hmm. versus men. Now the last point. Um, this is where I'd say. of the differences between men and women occur, okay? It's really because generally speaking, men and women tend to have different goals and they're marketed to differently. And if they have insecurities, they tend to be different. So I'll start with the first one, okay? Different goals. When I train my male clients, if they ever missed a workout or skipped a workout, eight out of 10 times, it was leg day. Yeah, I swear, eight out of ten. Times. This is back when I used to train clients on body part splits. I didn't do this uh, the back half of my career when I realized that you're never going to skip chest. Day. Yeah, that was more effective to do full body. But you're right, Justin. They would call. Them. It was funny. Like, oh, uh, I'll see you Wednesday. What do we work on Wednesday? Oh, Wednesday we're doing legs. And if they were to miss a workout, it would be the one that was legs. Yep. With women, never, never miss the leg workout. Right. If they were going to skip a workout, it was arms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. In fact, when I started training full body. A client's full body because that's it was more effective um that i would if the guy was like you know oh i don't have much time you know can we skip what would they always want to skip legs mm-hmm. and for the woman was like hey i don't have much time we don't need to do curls and in in, in in press downs today so let's just do the leg and and the back stuff right you know what i mean so that's where you see that's that's one of the big differences the goals yeah it's just we you know men tend to value more upper body development bigger arms you know that kind of stuff Women tend to want the lower body development, the legs and the butt. So really, it's about the personal preference. Do you think it also
2: think. is just because you you gravitate to what you're good at, and because women can handle more volume on their on their lower body than yeah. their upper body, and that's why they? I,
3: I think that's part of it too. And like you said, the self selection bias. Like uh, I feel like women do better in high rep uh, situations where they're the that style of training and hypertrophy. I feel like you know they they enjoy it more and so whatever you enjoy more initially and like you, your body you know likes and, and is and responds to like that's what you're gonna kind of live in
1: you ever look look at um, uh, group exercise classes that are obviously targeted uh, targeting women right you ever do this like full body resistance training group exercise class or whatever right. and it's you could tell that they're marketing towards or women Butts and guts you, you watch the class <laughs> they'll do guts. they'll, they'll do one? they'll yeah. do two arm exercises and 15. Lower body exercises, yeah. you know, three for glutes, four for quads, five for hamstrings, and but isn't
2: it? So, so I thought I read this somewhere a long time ago that women women have the almost almost the same potential to build muscle in their lower half as men do. It's their upper half that is that is so different than ours. There's
1: a difference in the lower body, but it's much smaller. Yeah. Than it is in the upper and
2: body. and I mean I definitely saw this training clients. I had female, in fact, my strongest uh, client with legs. Squatting and leg pressing were were actually women, mm-hmm. so I and because and probably because they also gravitated to training that way. They trained that way with me. They do it on their own, so they handled and they did a lot more volume for their legs. Therefore, they ended up building a ton more muscle. So some of my strongest clients were actually female mm-hmm. clients when you when we were talking about leg pressing, squatting, lunging. So I mean, th- I think that has a lot to do with that too. It is does. You gravitate towards what. You're but good but at.
1: a lot of it is just they just you know when they want to work out when you ask them what the areas they really want to you know sculpt tone or whatever Mm -hmm. it typically tends to be lower body whereas with guys they're like i want bigger shoulders i want a bigger chest i want a big you know bigger back i've never had a woman come to me and say i want to build bigger pecs yeah for example right so that, that never happens yeah so that's that's a big one another one is the is uh you know the in terms of diet um you know, getting uh, having a woman tell, – telling a female client that we want to bulk, using the word bulk is a big no-no as a personal trainer with a woman. Mm-hmm. Like, I learned that. You know, I don't say that word. Even though that's what we're trying to do mm-hmm. with the diet, I'm not going to say to a female client, hey, we're going to do a six-month uh, – excuse me, a six-week bulk with your nutrition. That's a, She's never going to come back again. No yeah. way. I don't want to get bulky. I could say that to a guy. And he'll be happier yeah. than hell. Like, yeah, I
2: want we're trying to up.
3: speed up your metabolism. Yeah, that, that's our yeah selling point. Uh, half the time, same yes. thing though.
2: If you were to tell a guy like, "Hey, we're going to work on you getting skinny for the next like," you don't week. use the word skinny.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you, you don't do that. that. That's right. Yeah. For a man, it's getting shredded or yeah. lean. You yeah. never say skinny. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so that's another big difference. Is is uh, women tend to resist uh, increasing their calories? They they tend to resist wanting to eat more to get to their goals, uh, whereas men uh, tend to sometimes resist the opposite because they don't want to necessarily – like when a guy would tell me he wants to lose weight, he would almost always follow it up by saying, uh, oh, but I don't want to lose muscle. I want to lose weight, but I don't want to lose muscle. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to be skinny. I don't want to be skinny. So that's another big general difference uh, between the two of them. Another one is that if if a female uh, uh, tends to overdo any type of exercise, it tends to be cardio. For sure. Mm -hmm. They tend to over – and why? Because cardio has been marketed to us as the way to get skinny – Or to lose weight. Now we all know. It's also less intimidating to start. Sure, sure. So, I mean, going into the gym environment,
2: you've already touched on this, right? It was uh, male-dominated for for decades. So that's already intimidating for a female to come in there. Then if you don't know how to train the exercises that everyone's lifting and doing, even if you do believe the science or you've heard someone tell you that you should be, it's it's a, it's a lot less intimidating to go get on a treadmill and mm-hmm. go for a run than it, than it is to go over and try and squat for your first time.
1: Right, right. And so, you know, overdoing – now, for men, uh, sometimes <laughs> I'd have to talk them into doing just a little bit of cardio. I don't want to do that. I just want yeah. to lift weights. Now, if you've listened to Mind Pump for more than a few episodes, you know that just doing cardio is a terrible way to burn body fat or or get leaner because it causes – Metabolic adaptations that you know slow down your metabolism, all that stuff. But if you're a woman and you're listening, you know, keep this in mind and say to yourself, like, okay, I've been marketed this way. Um, I may have these you know preconceived notions about cardio. If I'm overtraining and overdoing my workouts, maybe I should look at my cardio first, and then later maybe look at you know resistance training, um, strength training. Also, um, is something that I'd have to convince women to do more often. Um, than men, I mean, at the end of the day, the big, big, big differences between men and women, generally speaking, are all about preferences and uh, and how they've been marketed to. All the other stuff we kind of said, those are such small, you know, general differences, but they really don't make a huge difference. It's really about the 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 goals and the differences between what you want in um, and, and the marketing that you've gotten. Well, you need to elaborate a little bit
2: too on the, the women downplaying strength training because uh, it's probably, the everyone listening right now, uh, it's probably the single most important thing that you can do right now if you want to lean out or you want to get tone or firm up is to strength train. And that is because you've been marketed to for so long that high reps is the way to go for you to lean out and most people most women especially gravitate towards high rep training and very few it's very very rare in fact i can count on one hand how many female clients i ever got that when i asked them about weight training if they had a background in weight training at all said they would lift you know 3 to 5 repetitions they never trained that mm-hmm. way even if they even if you were a, an avid gym goer you know 5 10 years straight before you got before you got to me most all of them followed the 10, 15, 20 rep range type of exercise. And knowing that, as a coach, I would know that, man, the best thing that I can do right now for this client is to get them started on strength training and their body's going to respond like crazy.
1: What you want to consider with working out is, uh, because we always consider the calorie burn of the workout, like that's the most important thing. It's actually not at all the most important thing. The most important thing with exercise is how does it get your body to adapt? Mm -hmm. Right, because your body, what you do a lot of, your body gets tries to get good at doing. Right, so if you do a lot of cardio, your body aims to build lots of endurance and stamina. Um, It also aims to become efficient with calories, so it pairs down muscle and it learns how to burn less calories over time. So you actually slow your metabolism down with lots and lots of cardio, which is not that bad. It's not a bad adaptation, it's perfect, it gets you better at cardio. But if you want to have a faster metabolism so that you don't have to work out as much to maintain your fat loss or or to burn body fat, then it's a terrible approach. Strength training, the adaptation is strength. I got to get stronger. In order to get stronger, you have to build more muscle. Your body prioritizes more muscle over being efficient with calories, and so you get a faster metabolism. A faster metabolism makes fat loss easier, and it makes it easier to maintain because now you're just burning more calories just sitting there, uh, doing nothing. So strength training. The, the irony of all of this is that you know women have been marketed uh, with tons of cardio and kind of pushed away from resistance training. When in fact, especially if you live in the modern world, the thing you should probably focus on most, if you want to get lean, if you want to have a, a sculpted, tone body, you don't want to have to work out seven days a week. Is literally to lift weights. Now, at the end of the day, though, here's the big thing, and here's why we do such, why we talk so little about the differences between men and women and why we tend to why we, we write programs for everybody and we don't write programs just for women or just for men because at the end of the day and this is something you learn as a personal trainer none of that matters at the end of the day it's the individual that matters yeah. because you can be a man you can be a woman doesn't matter all the general stuff we just said all that matters is how is your body responding what are your goals? I mean, I just talked about how women have tend to have different goals and they tend to like to work out their legs with their arms. But if you're what if you're a woman that you just want to build your arms, it doesn't matter then what I said, right? right? What if you what if your tolerance for high intensity exercise is high? Does it matter that you're a man or a woman? No. If you're, you know, if you're fat, if you don't care about getting below 10% body fat, does essential fat matter for women versus men? No. None of this stuff really matters because it all boils down to to the individual and as a personal trainer what made us effective was not looking at people generally that would be silly mm-hmm. would be looking at them and saying are you is this working for this person because i can tell you right now generally speaking i had men that i you know, generally would train more like what you think you're supposed to train a woman like and a man and a woman the other way, all because it, it, the individual at the end I'm of the day... I'm glad you matters. pointed that out because I know we're
2: sitting here, we're talking a lot uh, towards or to women right now, but the same truth applies to a, a male. If I got a man who came in... And all he, and he wants to build muscle. He wants to build muscle. And he comes in and all he ever did was lift five repetitions all the time. One of the best things I could do is to put him over on what would be, quote unquote, a female type of program where he's doing 15 to 20 reps right. because it's novel to his body. His body will respond to that and he'll build muscle. So it's the same thing for both male or female. What we look at is what is this person doing what are they currently doing right now what are their goals and then you build a program around that and sure there's some general truths or like common themes between the sexes mm-hmm. but how you program and train to build muscle or burn body fat is the same
1: it's yeah. the same and listen to your body the individual differences between you and the next person and the next person are can be so big and so broad uh, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter your, your 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 sex or your gender doesn't matter. It's really all about you as an individual. So at, again, at the end of the day, that's what you should pay attention to. Listen to your body, how your body responds, what's working for you particularly, um, and don't worry about uh, the rest of it. Um, look, Mind Pump is recorded on video as well as audio. So if you like listening to Mind Pump, uh, you're going to love watching us too. Um, especially Justin. He's very handsome. Go to the Mind Pump podcast on YouTube. Also, if you want to get some more free information on exercise, lifting weights, burning body fat, diet, go to mindpumpfree.com. Check out some of our free content. And finally, if you want to find us on Instagram, you can find all of us. Uh, you can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal.